what does this remind you of? <laughs> okay, that has nothing to do with anything. We're in a series called Back to School, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But a week before last, Buddy and I uh, were on our grandchild adventure. We take a grandchild every summer and say, where do you want to go in the United States? And we'll take you there. So this was Gracie's turn, and she chose Michigan of all places. I had no idea that Michigan was such an awesome state. Who's from Michigan? Yeah. We went, we explored, we went to the Ford Theater, Ford Theater, that's in D.C., the Ford uh, Museum. My granddaughter wanted to go to the Ford Museum. It was awesome. And then we went up to Mackinac Island. Well, anyway, we went, we also stopped at this little German town called Frankenmoot. It is amazing. Everything is German there. Anyway, there's this little specialty shop, and Gracie went in, and uh, she always gets to buy some things. And so she chose to buy these things called jelly what is it? Bean boozle. Bean boozle. So, do you know what they are? So, we're going to play a little game here. And uh, Gracie was in the back seat and she was eating these jelly beans. And it was like, are you kidding me? And I did a couple of them and I played, but there were some that I refused to eat. Refused. And I wouldn't. And so, I've got three, and Gracie's here, and uh, she's the author of this game. And uh, I've got three. Come on out here, you guys. All right? So what they're going to do is, uh, now you guys know a little bit about what the colors yeah. are. So, yeah, it's not quite totally fair. So back up a little bit so the people over there can see. All right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have them choose a number, and uh, then they will eat one of these uh, jelly beans. Now, one tastes really good. And the other is absolutely as gross as it gets. Okay, so here we go. Jen, let's start with you first because you don't know. Yeah, let's start with you first. Choose a number. No, Gracie. I need to get. I need to get people that have no concept of this. No clue of that. Okay, yeah, that's why I started with you. <laughs> Call my granddaughter down on stage. <laughs> let's go nine. <laughs> number nine. Okay, let's look at what number nine is. It's either buttered popcorn or rotten egg. So I will choose one of them. We don't know what's what. Yes, I'm a spit yes I do. Now, if you can eat it all the way to the end, if it's the rotten egg, you'll get a free coffee. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I got it right. But it doesn't take a bow. Oh, good. Okay. So let's try another one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that one actually wasn't bad. Okay, that must have been buttered popcorn. No, that was buttered popcorn. Okay, let's try. Okay. Wow. After the service, get Jen to choose your lottery numbers, okay? <laughs> All right, Gracie, now you sort of know. Why don't you pick one that you know that... Yeah, that's good, Colin. <laughs> that's, see, I didn't know how... Number, number three? Okay. Oh. So let's look at number three. Peach or barf? 
Thank you, Colin. I couldn't think that quick up here. Gracie? I don't need that cup. <laughs> oh, guys, I think it's the glove. The glove is magic. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. What? Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, someone choose a number for Diego. Uh, this is this is either licorice or skunk. So just let you know. That. Okay. Number number four. Okay. Caramel corn or moldy cheese? Oh. <laughs> Give me two? Oh, no. Okay. Just one at a time. Okay. Can I swallow it like a pill? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's caramel corn. Oh, it's it like, is? Yeah. I can't believe this. It's like. Yeah, maybe. That's right. This glove is magic. Tastes like Rice Krispie. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you just enjoy it for a second. You just enjoy it for a second. Okay. Ready? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. There's some chewing gum for you. Now, who out here is willing to do one? Yeah? No? Who? Come on up. Come on up. Thank you, guys. I worked really hard to get the bad ones. All right. Oh, Ashley, I'm so proud of you. I knew you're my girl. <laughs> She's Look, wow, Kim. All right. Here we go. Somebody choose a number for them. We'll do Kim first. Which one? Two. Two? Okay, let's look at two. Uh, blue, berry blue or toothpaste? Now this one is, should we do away with this one? Yeah, that's no, okay, let's choose another one. Tin? Skunk. Licorice or skunk spray? Here you go, Kim. I don't know what it is. Is it really bad? Is it? Oh, it is? Okay, we got to try again. Oh, it is skunk. Oh. Oh, whoa. Oh, it's still over there. I'm telling Kim, I want you to go walk around and breathe on people. We're, the message today is the Holy Spirit and it's wind and breath. He breathes new life. Kim is not, oh, Kim is not going to breathe new life on you. Woo, that's a good idea. That was one that I was willing to do. Okay, Ashley, somebody give Ashley a number. Number nine? No, we did nine, didn't we? Six? Okay. Coconut or baby, well, this is fitting for you. Yeah, coconut or baby wipes. See, I'm telling you. No. 
<laughs> See, it puts she the good. You choose. We'll put your germs in there. I think we'll do the skunk one. Where'd the skunk? Boy, that, here we go. What number? Ten. Do you like licorice? Yeah. I actually love black licorice. Oh, you do? That's not black licorice. Hold on, hold on. You're going to eat it? Give him a hand. All right. Thank you, Diego. I'm telling you, there's one also called Stinky Socks. And Gracie was in the back seat, and honestly, Buddy thought she took her shoes off. It, the, the smells of this, one of them is dog food as well. That was the one I was willing to try. And I'm telling you, Jamie did it in the booth the other day, and I'm telling you, the smell is unbelievable. It smells just like it made us all really sick. Anyway, wow. <laughs> it it kind of makes me sick up here. Kim, where are you? Are you still in here? Oh, oh there's chewing gum up here. With, you didn't know at first, did you? And now she's, it's got this uh, reverbing effect. And Ashley, you just get to enjoy yours back there, right? <laughs> well, we're in this series and it's called back to school. It's the basics of our faith. And, uh, you know, we go back to school and we get all the paper and wow, what a day at Livingston yesterday. Thank you so much for all those book bags. You know that we got 600 book bags. That was amazing. So thank you so much for that. And uh, everyone's headed back to school. And in this series, we will have, by the time we finish, four different pastors that will deliver this message. But here's the thing. It's a unified theme. It's four different pastors, but a unified theme. And here's the unified theme that, we're all, that we all have. It's there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now, the first week, Buddy talked to us about the Trinity, the three in one. God is three, three persons in one. Now, we can't wrap our minds around this. It's something that we just have to believe by faith, but it's an essential belief. And if we're a Christian, then we have to believe this. We have to believe that there are three persons, there's one God, and they're all diverse, but they're unified in relationship. And then Kelly last week had a great message, and he said, it takes faith to believe this. And faith is believing in something that you cannot see, but you put your faith and your trust. And the evidence of that is shown through your life. And so your life will show if the Holy Spirit is abiding in you. 
Now, this week, we're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, we kind of get this idea because we understand what a father is. So we sort of get God, the father, and we understand what sons are. So we get kind of get Jesus, the son, but the Holy Spirit, sort of different, seems kind of mystical. And, and we tend to understand it a bit less because it's not something that you can really grasp with an understanding of something that we live with every day. Yet the Holy Spirit has a very, very specific work to be done on earth. And God wants us to know what that is. So who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to first of all look at Jesus' words. It's the very best place to go. And we go to the Gospel of John. And there it says, all this, and this is Jesus speaking, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Now, Jesus was saying this to his disciples, and the disciples are going, huh, what? What are you talking about? Are you leaving? We don't get this. But Jesus is clearly saying to them, this is what will happen. And he goes on to say, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father will testify about me. So Jesus is clearly talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all have a unified purpose and plan. They may be distinct from one another, but they all have the same unified purpose and plan. Now, Tim Keller, uh, he's a um, theologian. He's a pastor in Manhattan, New York City. I love his writing and his teaching. He, he says the Holy Spirit is a personal divine resident in the Christian's heart. A person, not an it, not a force. Well, may the force be with you. It's not that. In Ephesians, it shows that he grieves. In Hebrew, it shows that, that he's outraged. In Romans, it shows that he loves. That means that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's personal. See, we tend to think of the Holy Spirit in New Testament terms. We know that Jesus went away and he said to his disciples what we read there and said, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. And then at the day of Pentecost, we read about that in Acts. The Holy Spirit came and it was a great wind and people spoke in different languages and everyone knew that there was something really special that just happened. We tend to think of the, new, the, the Holy Spirit in those New Testament terms. But the Spirit, and this is very important to understand, the Spirit has been active from the beginning of time, from Genesis to Revelations. Now, we know Genesis 1-1, don't we? Let's say that together. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But here we are in Genesis, the very second verse. Look what it says. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Spirit was there. And in Revelation, if you go all the way through the Bible and you get to almost the last verse in Revelation, here's what it says. It says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. So the Spirit has been here always. Now in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for Spirit is ruhuach. 
Now you got to kind of spit that out. So say that. Ruhuach. See that word? Ruhuach. You're speaking Hebrew. Isn't that awesome? And what that means in the Old Testament with that word, in the Hebrew word, it means wind. It means breath. God's breath and wind. And like a wind, like the wind, you know, have you ever been in a windstorm? It's unseen. You can't see the wind, but you know it exists. You know the presence is there. You know it's kind of mysterious. It's unseen, but it's very active. And that's what God's talking about here. Kind of like when God created Adam and he breathed breath and life came about. Now in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma, and that means the same thing, just like the Hebrew word. It's wind or breath. And just like Jesus, when he was resurrected, God breathed new life, breath into Jesus. And the same thing can happen to us. The very same thing, the breath, the wind of God can be breathed into us. Now, here's what we need to know. You know, people that don't say they don't believe in God or they have questions about God or they doubt, one of the things that they always say, I have a brother-in-law that says this, how can a loving God send people to hell? Well, that's a lie from hell. The, the, the thinking is, is all off because the spirit was here from the beginning to the end and he's constantly constantly drawing people and giving people opportunity to know him and to come into his presence and to join and experience this life-giving plan that he has for all people. He loves people and he wants people to be redeemed. So from the beginning of time, even when you and I were born, God placed within us what's called provenient grace, just a theological term, that means he was drawing us. He was drawing us to himself. Now, it's people that either don't want to listen to that, they had, that opportunity is there, or when they do see that opportunity, they reject it. They reject it. I found this meme. I love what it says here. When people start blaming God for all their problems, I'm like, people, please, most of y'all problems come from doing the opposite of what God says to do. That's the deal. We've got to take personal responsibility for that. And here's the thing. Unlike God, I'll tell you, in 20 years of ministry, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to give up because it's like people, you know, I mean, it's just so hard to get along and I, so many things, so many negative things, and, but God will never give up on us. He will never, ever, and I think, God, are you just a glutton for pain because people reject you, they, they talk bad about you? Doesn't matter. God loves people. He loves humanity, and he will never stop, never stop giving us opportunities to know him and to be redeemed and to be restored. Now the Bible is very, very clear on the job description of the Holy Spirit. Now those of you that like to fill in blanks, man, where you've got some blanks to fill in. And I'm gonna kind of be like the wind of God and kind of blow through this because at the very end, it's gonna all come together in terms of what the Holy Spirit's job description really is. First of all, the Holy Spirit's mission is to exalt Jesus. 
When we come into this place, what we do, I hope we never stop because when we do, I'll be out of here, is to lift up Jesus, to lift up the name of Jesus, to pray in the name of Jesus. You heard Rich pray, and he said, and we pray in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to exalt Jesus. Now, the Holy Spirit is like a floodlight. If you know what a floodlight is, the floodlight is not shining itself on itself. The floodlight is shining on something else. The Holy Spirit never says, hey, look at me, look at my power, look at how great I am. Never. The Holy Spirit's mission is to shine a light on Jesus, to exalt Jesus, to glorify Jesus. And when that happens, and when we all look to Jesus, we are in unity. We are one. The Holy Spirit also convicts us. Now, this is the part that we don't like very much. But he shines a light on our sin. He shines a light on those things in our lives that are destroying us. And you know what we do as people? We either deny that or we ignore that. Or we'll point our finger at somebody else and we'll say, well, look at what they, they're doing. And that's only to get our eyes off of our own personal sin. Because what happens is we tend to feel like a really, really bad person. The Holy Spirit will not take us there. The Holy Spirit shines a light on our sin because God loves us so much that he knows that if you have unconfessed sin, if I have unconfessed sin, your life will be chaos. Everything will be out of unity. Everything will be out of harmony. And God loves us so much that he wants us to be restored. He wants us to develop into the person that he originally created us to be. And so he shines a light on that sin within us and as he shines a light on Jesus, he gives us the opportunity to look at the only one that can restore us from that cancer in our soul that's eating away at us. That's love. That is love. And this kind of tells us that the Holy Spirit is not always about just feeling good. It's not about, oh, I just had this most wonderful, and we do. We can bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but when we're in the Holy Spirit, he also might be convicting us. And it's at that point not to look to the left, the left or the right, or look at the spouse or look at this coworker, but it's to look within and say, God, forgive me. That's love. And we are in unity when we're in that place with him. Lynn Sweet said the Holy Spirit isn't a Toblerone chocolate or a Snickers bar that helps us make it through our difficult days. The Holy Spirit is a tornado invasion that rearranges all of our life and all of our priorities. Are you willing to allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to shine a light on your sin? Because it's in that moment that we have opportunity to confess it and ask for forgiveness and be restored 
and be in unity with God. There's no sweeter place to be because the Holy Spirit regenerates us. And that's just a big word that means that he breathes new life and new purpose and new direction into our lives. Can you testify to your life has taken a different direction and a different person? purpose from where it was before you knew God. Kelly last week talked about if you would have known him 15 years ago and know him today, you would see such a, a change. And I know from my own life, if you would have seen me when I was in college and you see me today, God has set me on a new course. I was on my own and I was doing it my way. But when I decided to go his way, he completely is transforming me and he's changing me. And that has not been a pretty picture many times. It's been tough because he's, he's, he's changing the things in me that, that he doesn't want to be there. The Holy Spirit came to live in us. But here's the thing. He will never force himself on us. Never. We have to give him permission. And so he waits on people. He's there 24-7. His presence is available to us. And when we ask, he fills us. Now, here's what's different between Eastern religions and our faith in, in Jesus Christ. In Eastern religions, meditation empties the mind to get in touch with the it, the force, the impersonal. But the Spirit is not at all about emptying our mind, but the Spirit is about filling us, flooding us with a person, with a divine person that will get in there and bang around and begin to transform us, and it's painful sometimes. Are you willing to go there with the Holy Spirit? Because even though sometimes it doesn't feel good, we're in unity. With the, with the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit communicates with us. You know, uh, my grandson was four years old. I will never forget. And we were standing. I was at the sink in my kitchen, and he had the door open, was looking out the, the deck and into the trees. And he said, Nana, how do you know when God speaks to you? Oh, my goodness. Have you ever been on the spot to have, have to answer a big question like that to a four-year-old and make it, understandable. Well, I knew I couldn't give him a formula. I couldn't say, well, uh, Christian, if you do one, two, three, and four, then you'll know that God is speaking to you. I can't do that. All I could do for him was to say, well, Christian, he speaks in a lot of different ways, and you have to learn how to hear his voice. You can look out there in creation, and you can see what he created. There's also a still, small voice that we have to slow down and begin to listen to. And we have to learn to discern his voice. I can't do that for you. I wish I could. But we have to learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit and those negative voices that want to tear us down. And the longer we walk in this relationship, the more we'll begin to discern his voice. And when we have the Bible and we read the Bible, and that's the living, breathing word of God, then he fills us with his spirit. And in our relationship with him, we practice good communication skills. Communication 
happens when we're in a relationship and it's reciprocal and one is speaking to the other and the other is speaking to the other and we learn to know that voice. John Wesley, a great theologian said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I trusted in Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given me. Have you ever experienced that assurance? I know that I know that I know that that was God's voice. We're in unity when that happens with the Spirit and the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit guides us. He gives us his word as a light for our path. And sometimes that light is just one little step out ahead. That's all he gives. But our obedience says, take that step. Take that step. Have you ever been in the presence of someone that you admire? Years and years ago, walk, I walked into a Shoney's, and I've told you this before, but there was Muhammad Ali. Can you believe he was waiting on a table? They made him wait. Are you kidding me? But he was sitting in the lobby there. Only about three people were in the lobby. And I was in awe of his presence. And he began to talk, and I asked him questions, and I hung on to every word. Last night, somebody told me, as a young Marine, he was in another country, and when he went in, they told him his money was no good there because the guy at the bar was paying for everything. He found out that the guy that bought him drinks was Ernest Hemingway. Is that amazing? Have you ever been in the presence of someone you admire like that? You hang on to every word. You relish their presence. Are you engaging with the Holy Spirit that way? Are you delighting in Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Are you listening? Are you hanging on to every word that he has for you? That is the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he empowers us. He equips us to resist temptation and to do his will. If we're willing to engage with him in that relationship and he gives us spiritual gifts to carry out his purpose on earth he trusts us enough when you see that whole thing about serving he's speaking to you because he gave you a spiritual gift to serve somehow some way and when we obey that we are in unity with him the holy spirit is our earthly advocate now this word parakletos it's a Greek word. And this word is so rich that they really couldn't find any good English translations for this word. The very closest that we can get to for advocate is, is a comforter or a helper. Now, this may be a little bit different than where your mind goes. It's not just to make us feel good, although I have allowed the Holy Spirit to comfort me in times of mourning. It's amazing how the Spirit will comfort me. But what this means, what this word means, is one who comes not in front, not in back, but alongside to plead my case before the judge. Every single one of us have the Holy Spirit as our advocate. That goes, he's our, he's our earthly advocate that goes to Jesus. And Jesus is standing there and he speaks for us to God. And what that means is that he will defend us against our enemies, but he also defends us against ourselves. We become really 
filled with doubts and fears. And it bangs inside of us, and we begin to buy into those doubts and those fears. And the Holy Spirit will come, and he will present grace. You know, just uh, two days ago, uh, something happened, and it was like, <clears throat> in my head, it was like, it started just to take me down. Have you ever had those kinds of thoughts where something will come into your mind, and it, it'll just start taking you down? And I recognize that is not of God. That is not the Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit being my advocate against me. He was saying, Gay, that is not from me. Listen to my voice. Because the Holy Spirit will assure you that you belong to God. That even though you've messed up, there's forgiveness and there's mercy. That is the Spirit. It's not just making, he's not just making you feel good. He's not a manipulative, oh, I just want you to feel good. He's telling you the truth about you. He is our advocate. He does not want us to destroy ourselves. He won't stop until the person that you were meant to be emerges. He's like a friend with teeth. He's like a, a, a loving friend, the way a loving friend would act toward an addict, confronting and opposing that dysfunction that we live by that is not true. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And the question for us is, are we listening? Are we obeying? Are we in unity with the Spirit? Or do we choose to continue to not believe or to listen to those negative voices? Tune in. Learn to know the, his voice. He's committed to bring the work that he began in us to completion. That's love. That's our advocate. And he connects us. Every single one of us have an earthly advocate. And I can tell you in this past year, when it was so difficult for me, one of the best things that I had the assurance of was that I had an advocate that was speaking for me and that was fighting for me. The Holy Spirit enables us to apply what's taught in the Word. Have you ever thought that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible? He's the author of Scripture. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, connecting, and training in righteousness. And so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, right here's the difference where the rubber meets the road. We can sit here. We can be Bible scholars. We can know it all and go straight to hell. Because it's not knowledge. It's not intellectualizing. It's not the doctrine of the Holy Spirit that's going to rescue us. And it's not getting uh, uh, all emotional. There's a spiritual counterfeit. We can have some shallow emotionalism, and we can think that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. It takes effort to enter into this relationship and begin to listen. Nobody can do that for you. The voice to you is not going to be the same as the voice to you. It's a very personal person that constantly, 24-7, wants to, wants to be there with you and wants to be speaking to you. 
Right here's the difference. Are we truly applying what we already know? You know, there was a book that was called Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. I believe it's the same way with the basics of faith. Everything that we have, we already know. Are we applying that to our lives? Are we living that out? Because if we are, we will be in unity with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings unity. Do you know why our world is so chaotic? Because we're not calling on the Spirit. Do you know why our marriages are so chaotic and they're going off the chain? Because we forgot to put the Holy Spirit at the core and the center of our life personally and in that unit. Because it's the Spirit that brings unity. If you haven't caught it by now, it's all about unity. We can know that we are believers when we have unity. Now, unity doesn't mean that we're all the same. We're different. Buddy and I, we are as different as night and day. And it has, been, it has taken a long time to really understand how to take those differences and to find unity. But we have. Because at the very core of Buddy, he is sold out uh, to give his life and give God full access. I am sold out, not to Buddy, but to God. And as we do that personally, when we come together and we have our differences and we have our fighting, the bottom line is, are we being humble enough to say, you know what, there's something in me that God wants me to see. Because when God has provided a way for us to have unity in our relationships, one of the things that I love, Rob, Ravi Zacharias said, he said, the Trinity is unity and diversity in community. The world will never understand this, how you can be diverse and not focus on the diversity, but focus on the one who brings unity. Now, unity doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. It doesn't mean uniformity. You know, um, <clears throat> we have a band up here, and don't they look great? Uh, and, you know, we wouldn't have a band if we only had guitars or just singers. Um, it takes all parts to come together. Unity means that we're in the same key, that we're in harmony. Now, did you notice something about the band? <laughs> what? Okay, well, let's see what they can do, okay? Let's listen to this. <coughs> Thank you. 
You're the best. <laughs> this morning in practice, they wouldn't stop. I could. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't harmony, right? We had all the pieces, but that was harmony. There was no unity. And isn't that how our relationships and our world goes? Chaos. Chaos. Because we're not in harmony. The differences here and the incompetencies were competing. And that's what happens. Because the focus was in the wrong place. Now, you can take two tomcats and you can tie their tails together and you can throw them over a clothesline. And that's a union. People want unions, but that is not unity. It's not unity. Uh, the spirit is what makes unity possible. And when we invite the spirit to fill us with himself, we are in unity with God. And too often we live far below what God wants us to live. We can't witness in the world because we're so caught up in all of our problems. And you know, people, I'm a professional counselor. Yes, I do it very rarely anymore because God has called me to get the basics back into people's lives. Where is the spirit in your life? He very clearly gives us his job description so that we can know where we, may, where we need to look and to get back to the basics of the Holy Spirit and to listen. And, to, and, and this scripture says it all. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort, listen to this, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Unity takes effort. It's not something that God is just going to drop on us. Holy Spirit, I'm in your presence, so just may, give me unity in this world and in my relationships. Unity takes effort. It's only possible when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. And instead of like an Eastern religion that we've got to work really hard to empty our mind, we say, all of this stuff that's already in me, God, you just flood me. And you have permission to pound out everything inside of me, ouch, that doesn't look like you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to call in the Spirit? Why do we need unity? When well, Romans it says, <clears throat> so that with one heart and mouth that you and you and you and you and I will glorify the God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our purpose and mission in relationship with the Holy Spirit here on earth. He makes a way for us. You know, here at Salem Fields, we seek unity in the body. It takes effort. There's a cost to each one of us. It isn't easy. And Buddy and I will stand before God and he's commissioned us to lead this body. 
And he'll ask us, did you tell them? Did you tell them about me and my spirit and what I can do in their life? Because when you do and when you point to Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to be very present and you allow him to fill and you tell people, fill, be filled with the Holy Spirit, we will find unity. We're all different, but we can have unity. We can be in harmony. And in a couple of weeks, Rich is going to do a message. Remember, it's not about the pastor. It's about the unified theme. And it says that the Holy Spirit will burst you into worship. It's evidence of him in your life. If he's in your life, you can't help but worship. So let's stand together. We're all different in harmony, in unity. Let's worship. Maybe there's some unconfessed sin in your life. That will dim the light of the Holy Spirit. It'll dim the voice. Maybe you've just never given him full access to your life. Oh, you've asked him to come in, but there's this one little thing in your life that you just don't want him to, to deal with or to see. Until he has you all, you won't be in unity with the Holy Spirit. There's a cost. It says clearly, humble yourselves. There's no safer place than right here. Because right now we're in the presence of the Lord and we can have unity. Maybe there's something else in your life that he's spoken to you about that I didn't even say. That's his love for you. Because he wants you to take that to him and listen to him so that you can follow him. He loves us. He has a plan for us. So whatever, would you just obey him this morning? Just obey him in whatever way that he's asking you to. Maybe it's taking a chance, a risk. Maybe you'll feel like you look like a fool. I don't know. Somebody has never raised their hand in worship before. You might feel really silly doing that, but somebody said you get better reception because you're a little bit higher. Let's just worship. Is no. 